0: Welcome everybody to episode 35 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. As I am recording this introduction, we are coming to the end of the year and I would like to sincerely thank all the interviewees, listeners, football public of the Illawarra slash Australia and of course my family. Approximately 14 months into this podcast journey and it has been an absolute delight to meet and interview people who have shaped our game in the Illawarra. Although my interviewing and producing techniques are slow to improve, I sincerely appreciate the listeners in the Illawarra, Australia and around the world. This episode's interviewee has a name which is synonymous with soccer in the Illawarra. His family has been a part of Illawarra soccer for over 50 years in various areas of the code. David Naylor came out from the United Kingdom in the 1960s with his family and since then has impacted positively as a player, committee member, administrator, coach and referee. David has many attributes that make him a great clubman, team member, referee and administrator. However, for me, David's greatest asset is that he has a selfless mindset and he serves our great game with not wanting any hink in return. David has put in copious hours into various parts of our game and has put his heart and soul into the roles he has undertaken. I thoroughly enjoyed speaking with David. It was a pleasure to record his journey. My sincere respect and appreciation go out to David and his wife for allowing me into their home. I hope you enjoy this podcast. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm here in the leafy surrounds of Coromel, and I've got my special guest this Wednesday evening, and it's David Naylor. David, welcome.
1: Thank you, Travis. Good to have the opportunity, mate, to talk to you tonight.
0: And I sincerely appreciate yourself and your wife for allowing me into your home. Um, Respect goes out there. Um, There's a lot to cover. So uh, let's go back to the beginning. Um, where were you born and, and where did you grow up?
1: I was born in the UK, um, not far from uh, uh, Manchester. Um, my early childhood was spent in a place called Newtonley Willows. Um, but from there in uh, 1966, uh, parents made the big decision to uh, move back to Australia and emigrate to this beautiful country.
0: And in terms of um, you were born in in 53, so um, you would have been in your teenage years, but prior to coming out to Australia, um, what was your involvement in um, playing football um, and or watching it?
1: Well, there was no, um, back back in England in those days, there was no junior football like it is out out here in Australia. The only time you played um, was at school in midweek, but there was no organised football on on a weekend. So my weekends, as I got older, and from probably around the age of 11, um, I was uh, allowed to go and watch... Uh, on the one week, I'd watch home games at Old Trafford, and yep. watch my beloved Manchester United run around. And on the alternate weeks, I would um, go to central, a place called Central Park in Wigan and watch Wigan... They're now called Wigan Warriors, Wigan Rugby League Football Club um, yep. in those days. So uh, my weekends were... were uh, Taken up with um, spectating, if you like, in uh, back in the day.
0: And in terms of uh, playing the game, did you play football at school?
1: I did. I played in the uh, just as a school football on a, a Wednesday afternoon. That's probably my only uh, contact with the game there. Yeah.
0: And um, so, more of your, I guess, footballing memories from from those those days in the UK was more related around watching Manchester United. That's
1: correct. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to. Uh, on a Saturday afternoon, at Old Trafford, I was uh, in the presence of uh, what they called the Holy Trinity, yep. which was Dennis Law, Bobby Charlton, and George Best. And I don't think there's uh, any one club that since then has had such three fantastic players in the one in the one team as um, as those three uh, legends.
0: And it's, and who would you go with to those games?
1: A friend of mine from school. Yep. Um. His name was, not that it matters with this interview, but Peter yep. Bees. I can remember that quite yep. clearly, and uh, we'd meet, catch up about. Uh, midday every Saturday, and then uh, venture off on the train to uh, Old Trafford.
0: And so, do you think, um, uh, looking back now, um, it's clear through, and we'll get through your your timeline and and the copious amounts of um, duties and roles that you've 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 had. But do you think that sort of sowed the seed for the for the love of the game that you have?
1: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, um, but even back then, my father George was a uh, was refereeing in those days in the local Lancashire combination, so um, and I, some days I'd go with him. He'd take me in, in the car, and I'd just sit and watch as he ran around refereeing. So it, that yeah, the love of the love of the um, football was um, sown at a really early
0: age. And in terms of, um, I guess moving out to Australia, the par- your parents made that difficult decision, but it must have been um, from a footballing perspective. From what you were doing, heartbreaking to sort of leave friends and um, that sort of.
1: Absolutely, I, there's no way that I did. I wanted to come, not not a chance. But um, I didn't have a lot of say in the matter, and um, um, I would. La- I was later to find out that it was for the for, for the better of the family, and it was proved to be over the years uh, such a um, a tough decision to make for the for mum and dad. But at the end of the day, one of the best decisions they were ever made because um, we've been fortunate enough to land in a beautiful country and everything's been uh, hunky-dory ever ever since.
0: And um, we'll, we'll make, a I guess, a, a quick segue um, for the people not of the Illawarra listening to this podcast, but um, uh, your mum and dad, can you, you name them? And, and, and although they've done a, a hell of a lot, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that, can you just give a bit of a, I guess, brief history of of their involvement in the game, which has been large in the Illawarra. Yeah,
1: well, Father George, um, we'll start with him. He he um, he was a referee and a, and, a, and a good referee when he arrived in Australia back in the '66 through to '68. He was a referee in the and it would have been um, the state league days back then, um, and it was a fairly. Um, um, Passionate game back then, because most of the clubs had a... Federation a, days, a, yeah, yeah. Federation days. They had um, Every club had their own ethnic background to them. And um, I remember one day then, and we hadn't been here very long, probably maybe in the second year we were here, I remember at Wentworth Park, and I was only 13, 14 at the time, and um, there was a riot on the ground, and uh, Panhellenic, I think, I'm pretty sure it was Panalanic and it might have been Melita Eagles. I stand corrected on that, but um, it's definitely Panalanic. And the, the, the specters were over the fence, and um, I, I worried for Dad's safety that day, and I said, what have we got ourselves into here? But it, um, it, it, it turned out okay. It wasn't that bad, and um, Dad was able to get away from that ground fairly quickly. But he, he, as I say, in his early days, we were involved with refereeing, and then we moved to the Illawarra through work um, uh, around the 68, 69 and he refereed for a number of years down in, in the local Premier League. Then um, well, it was actually First Division back then, yeah. not to become Premier League until um, 75, 76. And from then, when Dad had to retire at age 50, because you, you weren't allowed to go past that, and so he had to give up the whistle, and he, and, he, and he turned to administration. And um, he was president of the Illawarra um, Soccer Association, as it was called back then, or Soccer Illawarra, um, for probably 18 years uh, and during that period of time Father George was um, significant contribution was changing the face of football in Illawarra by commencing with the Premier League um, as we as we know it now and um, what he brought in then with his forward thinking was um, his first thing to do was make the grounds around the Illawarra come up with certain standards yep. uh, which is evident even today as to um, his, um, his brainchild if you like um, from there so he was, he was involved till uh, I think he, he finished up at, in the Illawarra Soccer Association in the late 90s um, Mother Mavis has always been by his side and um, when Dad was involved on the administration side with, with Soccer Illawarra in the early days she joined him as well and was a committee member there and her contribution there for many many years um, eventuated with them both becoming life members of the, of the football group um, for their service to football in the area
0: yeah, and um, you know maybe on another day we can delve further into both their stories because um, you know uh, it's just such a I guess uplifting story in terms of what they've done. But like you said, there's still uh, remnants of and positive remnants of what's out there today from from the work that they've done. Absolutely, yeah. And in terms of yourself, um, you sort of came into Sydney when you you come come from the UK and, and you started um, I guess organised football or, or soccer as it was probably called over here uh, playing with Prague under 13s in 66 so what do you remember yeah, of, so that what was, do you remember of that?
1: That's what, that's what sort of won me over straight away because when I could play a game of football on a Saturday after, Saturday morning as it was, it was um, that really um, caught my imagination and from that day um, my footballing career took off so I played with Prague they were playing out of a uh, at a ground just outside these days it's um um playing area oh it's now a car park I think um outside the Sydney cricket ground I can't yep. remember the name in the Moore Park area yeah so we were playing yep. our football back there um I was only with that cl- uh that club for one year because what happened was mum and dad changed in the Sydney area from living in the metropolitan area out uh, to uh we moved out to um Toon Gabby
0: Yeah.
1: Old, old Toon Gabby there at um uh, down the um, railway track and um, set up house there. And there I joined a team called Wenty Waratars And I played there for um, um, three seasons, I think it went with Waratahs, before we then moved camp uh, work-wise and uh, house-wise down to the uh, Wollongong area and set up house in uh, in Balgani. And, um, yeah...
0: And in terms of uh, playing with Prague and then uh, the Wenty Waratahs in sort of that 13s to under sixteen sort of range, um, what position were you playing, and um, and how did you find playing, uh, I guess, football here compared to what you'd been playing at school in the yeah, United Kingdom? Yeah, I was
1: generally playing um, as a defender or slash midfielder back in in the day. That's my first taste of it in in, in this country, and um, I was fortunate enough in those two early junior teams but we had. Quite good size, and I, I, I can remember winning trophies in my first, in, in the first year, and the subsequent years we went to Waratah as well. So uh, I, I think we might have won a grand final with each, yeah. Um, which was uh, which was a good start to to football, yeah. For us
0: and in terms of um, I guess when you came down to the Illawarra and and, and, and living at Bow um your first taste taste of uh, seniors was in 1970 with. With the Balgowny club, who were in the were in the federation in those days, um, not the local league. So, um, how did that come? By, about?
1: by that stage, I was 17, 18. and um, what well, we weren't li- we were living in, in, as I say, in Balgowny at Hudson Avenue, which wasn't too far away from Judy Masters. So, um, um, my junior days I'd left behind there at Wentie Waratah. Yep. So I moved straight into senior football yep. with uh, with the um, um, with the Balgownie youth team. Yep. Back in those days, they were playing in the in the Federation's second division. Yep. South Coast United were the with the team da, top team down here playing the first division, and Balgany were a very good side playing uh, <coughs> in the second tier of uh, Federation New South Wales Federation football.
0: And I think the youth grade in that in that period was a, a third third grade. It was called. It was, it was yeah. So yeah. Uh, who was um, who was your coach, and um, that you can recall, and and what are your memories of? Coming down here in and, and playing at Balgowny.
1: Now that's a good question. I, I, my coach back in in, in 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 those days at youth grade level, I, I honestly can't remember. Yep. I do know that the manager though, his name, um, his surname was Murphy, yep. um, and he was the father of um, Phil Murphy, yep. who he was a soccer scribe down in the, with the Elora Mercury. So I can clearly remember that. Um, but I do know that the first team was managed and coached by a. Uh, an Englishman uh, by the name of Ron McGarry yep. and Ron McGarry was a, an outstanding footballer uh, yeah, with, with Newcastle United league. yeah that's that's the same one yeah, yeah Ron McGarry yeah. and he had this, I vividly remember his left foot, he scored an absolute uh, scream one day there in my early days at uh, Judy Marseille. Um so he was he was the first team coach in those days um, and it was such a big change because I, on that Judy Marcel it's a little bit different now it's uh, the ground was further nor- uh, north, north, yep. um, and I, I can. People on those days spectated because it, it was very popular back back then. Uh, and there were three and four people all the way around that. Uh, there was a wooden fence going all yep. the way around the ground, and uh, there were three. It was three and four deep all the way around there, which created such a, uh, an amazing atmosphere at that little uh, down at the village as they called it, <laughs> the village ground. Yeah, so uh, from there,
0: and in terms of, um, I guess. Uh... Uh, ron mcgarry and and others um, how did you find um, your transitioning from from junior football into into the senior ranks? Oh, it wasn't
1: too bad um, as I say I played that first year year and a half or uh, two years maybe i, I played in, in that third third tier yep. at, at the club and um, you know I, I just matured into it sort of thing and uh, it was just uh, just an, an, a natural progression if I can say that um, in terms of standard and the way I go so I adapted to it fairly well. And I could to myself and it wasn't long before I got a, a taste of um, first grade football at um, at the club via um, a few games in the, in the second grade. Um, and the coaches back then in the first grade when I was playing were uh, a fellow, another Englishman called Brian Edgley. Yep. He succeeded um, Ron McGarry and was uh, there at the club for two, three years. And then um, the um, Jolly Jean- Green Giant, George Ramage, was then the next coach that was involved there. So... Um, yeah,
0: and what about um, uh, Brian and um, and George? Uh, what were their coaching styles like? And um, was it pretty, pretty much ru- the, rudimentary back then? Pretty,
1: pretty much the same, because George's uh, English background as well was Scottish, if you like. And um, uh, yeah, so it's fairly really, it just a progression from um, um, Ron McGarry to Brian Ashley to George. I Amish. Mean, so that wasn't wasn't great great deal of difference there.
0: And in terms of um, Every second week, uh, playing up in Sydney and whatnot. Um, How did you find find the travel aspect? Oh, it was good. Yeah, it
1: was just part and parcel, and I enjoyed going in the in the car with the boys. And um, yeah, it was uh, it it was good. Yeah, not a problem.
0: And in terms of that period as well, um, you weren't just uh, playing the game; you were uh, uh, helping out in terms of uh, the junior club there, being the treasurer. And also uh, coaching some junior teams.
1: Yeah, that's right, Travis. I, they had my first taste of uh, coaching there with a, an under-12 Balgani side. They were short of coaches back in then, so um, I just put my hand up one day and said, look, I'll, I'll help out, you know, but I'm, yep. I'm happy to coach. So I did that for um, four or five years. with. The, and I took that uh, Balgani team from 12s up to 16s, so yep. five seasons in total. Um, and... During that time too, there was always looking for volunteers at the club level with committee, so I had my first taste of uh, administration, and I, I, I was the um, took on the treasurer's role with the junior club there to uh, help them out as well, which worked in well with my um, I was working at that, that time as in 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 the in the in the, in the banking industry, yep. so taking on the treasurer role was just a um, you know sort of a, a transition if you like or a progression that thing. So it was you know rather. And I adapted it fairly well, so it was good.
0: And in terms of um, that sort of period there, from know Bowgany from '70 70 to '74, you know, there was sort of um, some some different factors, economic being some of them, and and the game was changing, and so there's sort of a transition there, and a sort of I guess reduction in teams in from Illawarra's representation in in the federation from South Coast United going to Safeway, and then Safeway and Bowgany coming together, so. Um, there was less opportunities, I guess, in those sort of latter, latter years where you are about Balagowney, wasn't there?
1: Oh, that, well, that's right too, yeah. That, um, you've, 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 you've set it up fairly well there. That's, that's what did happen. So I think it, it, in the, latter, the last stage there, there was only one representation there on, on a um, um, weekend, which was Safeway United yep. slash Balagowney, if you like, yeah.
0: And so um, <clears throat> at the end of 74, where you were playing at state league level... Um, and, and playing first grade, um, what was the decision at the end of the '74 season to then uh, join Unandera in the in the local um, IDSA competition?
1: Well, I was starting to make friends in the local area then by that stage, and um, um, I got enticed to um, to go away and play with um, with the Unandera club. Um, Casey Debrum was the coach back then, quite a successful coach yep. in his early days. Casey these days is a an assistant coach on the um, Australian youth team with um, with Trevor with, with I think he's the youth or under eight, under eighteen. It was at the uh, the World Cup just recently. Um, so Casey's still doing his bit for the game, but um, yeah. So Casey De Bruyne got in touch with me and asked me to come up, and um, I jumped at the opportunity because he uh, he was a, a real good hands-on coach. Casey, player player coach, he was, um, but a good one too. So um, and that year we actually won the. Um, um, did the double. Did the double, yeah. We were league champions, as I like to call them, in uh, grand final winners that, that particular year. So uh, it was, that was a really good season, that one there.
0: I think uh, both me and you are in the same camp about uh, calling it league champions, not minor premiers. Absolutely right, yeah. um, In terms of um, Casey, can, can you talk a bit more about him? Because um, I guess I've had um, people on this podcast um, from the 80s and 90s um, talk about the influence that he had and his abilities so um can you give elaborate more about Casey and and how he went about things yeah
1: well, when I when I first come across Casey he was just starting out as a coach so he hadn't been doing it that long um at senior level yep. um he was a coach because he was a player coach at the time he, he was a person led by example so he um he was a, he was a Hard as nails, sort of a culture. You know, he'd, he'd go out there and he'd, and he'd on the on the field of play. He played, hundred um, percent. Um, he he got his players to play um, with all the enthusiasm. You know, he had that um, mongrel in him that you yep. um, he couldn't help but follow suit, sort of thing, and, and give give him um, that the support that way. And um, it, it certainly rubbed off on on the majority of players. And every, every one of those players had that same never say die attitude, sort of thing, which uh, held us in good stead for. Throughout a successful season that year,
0: and in terms of um, the league itself, the league was, uh, I guess, um, influenced by, I guess, the reduction in the in the state league teams in the area, and therefore the competition got a lot stronger, didn't
1: it? It did. It did, and, and it was a good good level of football down, down here back in the seventies, uh, the early eighties, um, um, and, and it was well um, supported. With spectators, there was lots of good crowds in back in, in those days as well. You know, you, you get four and five thousand to the grand final on a on a regular basis there, and um, and, and, the, and the standard was as, as I say, um, top draw as well.
0: And in terms of uh, some of the players that you played with, you played with the likes at Unadertar in '75 of Paul Harris, Larry Gaffney, uh, Barry Stewart, Jim Boyle. Um... I think it was uh, Jim Cannon and Joe Magro and Fra- Frank Seplevita. Some of those, yeah, sports. that's right, mate. Yeah. So, what do you recall well, the, those well, guys? The standout
1: player was um, obviously Larry Gaffney. Yep. He's only fairly young, my age at the time, and he would go on to bigger and better things, as you're probably well aware, um, playing, the, playing, progressing in the national league. And fr- from memory, he was probably the one of the first players that made that step up yep. um, from a district league level to. Um, Moving up to the, the the national league notwithstanding all those other guys before the pre, yeah. uh, pre before us like your Charlie Stewarts and all the all, all those sorts of guys that were top notch players as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly from a, a national league level, he, he, that Larry made that step up fairly early in the piece, and uh, he was the stand up player from there. But Paul Harris up front as a centre forward, score you a goal every second week sort of thing, and then you got Johnson McCance at the back, and uh, it was just a, a a really, really, really good side. And
0: yeah. where were you playing at that point in time? In right fullback. Yep.
1: I'd move back to make right fullback. Uh, although I did play in, in like, the odd game in midfield Yep. Um, with a couple of coaches, but mainly I was a right fullback, overlapping right fullback.
0: And in terms of Unandera there, were they um, uh, predominantly the, the maroon colour with that, a bit of white on the sleeves? That's correct,
1: yeah, the old, old maroon, yeah. And with at
0: the, Unandera, Unandera Oval That's there? correct, yeah, yeah. And in terms of, um, I guess, after doing the double and, and being so successful, um, uh, what prompted the move in 76 to Tarawana? Well, what happened, mate, was that,
1: um, if I can say it, the, the committee didn't really look after the players that well that okay. year. So it became a lot of um, disappointment like within the ranks yep. and, the, and the, the size started to fall away. So some players would go... Elsewhere to yep. uh, and the club, so it, it sort of broke apart that year. It had been together for two years because I think before the they won, we before we won, they um, um, first division uh, double yep. the year before they'd come up from the, uh, the, the, the old second division yep. into that first division, and uh, had been together for two or three years. And uh, but they got a bit dis- disgruntled, disheartened, if you like, and it sort of split up. Um, so what happened was that I'd. Um, been approached again by Tarawana
0: yep.
1: back then. And uh, myself and Les Sheedy, yep. uh, who was a, was a midfielder with me at Unandera. we made the move to um, to Tarawana.
0: And so um, who was uh, the coach or the committee person that sort of uh, came G- to
1: Gar- you? Gar- G- Gary Tuckerman was the, um, was the coach yep. at Tarawana for the first time uh, then. Uh, and the it was the Hudson boys that were uh, the, they're the ones that the president and whatever that, that made touch base with me. Mean, see, who I was interested in, in making a move.
0: And was there yeah. a, a sort of uh, thought in your mind that you might uh, go back to playing Federation football, or were you sort of enjoying what what was happening in the league and and in your own, I guess, personal and vocational life that you thought, "No, nah, I'm happy to play in the." in the, the top tier here yeah
1: no that, that's probably I probably realised that stage so as that that's probably my standard yep. I wasn't quite uh, quick enough um, and possibly not, not quite good enough either to uh, play, uh, play at play at higher level anymore In that, you know with the likes of a, a safe way or whatever it might be so I found my niche I guess in the game from a playing point of view with um, at the, in the local um, first vision yep. shortly become Premier League I think in 76 it became Premier League um, I'd found my, I found my um, calling there, be like, um, at
0: that level. And, and what do you recall uh, of Tarawana, um, the ground and, and the people when you, you first went there in 76? Well, that, that's,
1: that was the first year, 76 was the first year that ground had been built at Tarawana where it is, where it is today. So I can quite clearly, and I've got some photos in the scrapbook there that I'll, I can show you that uh, where it was just, uh, um, they got it um, and it was just coal wash. Yep. So they had to make a ground from scratch and with with, with a lot of due diligence, mate, and, and work and effort, they, they were able to bring that, that uh, ground up to, um, up to a level that a level good enough to play football on. And um, back then there was no houses at all around the ground. That's all that was there was just that ground and, um, and what have you, been. and uh, it went from there. So yeah, so it's a credit to the club over these, all these years now. Fifty odd years. It's um, it's a sort of standard what it is today,
0: and um, Tarawana is a very very good club, um, and I'm on the record in saying that. But it wouldn't be, I guess, out of place by saying that that sort of seventy six to eighty period was one of the golden periods of the club.
1: Absolutely, mate. Yeah, you you, 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 you smack on there, mate. We had a, an excellent. Uh, squad of players that we tinkered with over that, that five-year period with bringing other players and things like that, but it, it was a wonderful wonderful time for club that, um, that short season. Can
0: you tell us a bit about some of the players like um, uh, Tuckerman? Um, you know he was player coach, was he? Gary was He, yeah. was, a, he was
1: a sweeper, yep. if you like, and um, like light lightning, very yep. quick across the ground. and he come he played in that um, I think safe way there yep. so he dropped back to take on a, a, a coaching role. Um, yeah, so he, he was, um, without doubt, data, an, an outstanding player.
0: And there was sort of like a, I guess, a mix of different guys like yourself that had played Federation and, and then come yeah, back to the Gary local league. Gary Masters was there yep. too,
1: so he 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 played a bit of Federation football with South Coast United and whatever.
0: And and what about the likes of say Miller, Ingram, and and Cropper and Split and, the, and Patterson and, and the like? Yeah,
1: and... they, they came on afterwards. Um, you mentioned Miller there, Gordon Miller, yep. probably one of any, a Scottish lad. Still lives in Australia. Lives up at uh, Sutherland. Um, he was an outstanding midfielder in his on his day. Uh, Left footed, but he was uh, in the middle of the park. He was he was sensational. So um, yeah, he, he was a good player. But all those other players you mentioned, mate, would all all do their all do their um, business if you like and uh, their work, and um, they're, they're all good players in their own right.
0: And and even though mm. times have changed, but um, I guess. Uh, soccer for a longer period was on the field but off the field as well so the fabric of the club uh, I guess to be successful must have been quite enjoyable because you don't just success in the park happens through hard work but um, it was a strong league and so to do what Tarawana did in that period must have had some good friendships and and relationships there's a
1: social aspect to the social life there after games completely different to what is today where players will just go home these days and um and um, once the game has been finished, or they might do the oblig- 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 obligatory uh, attendance at the sponsors yep. for half an hour or 40, forty. Back in those days, um, you'd be at, you'd be on a Saturday night. You'd be at four and five hours, and Cromwell East Club was the place to be back then. And without shadow of doubt, you'd get four and five clubs to come back to that Cromwell East Club yep. on a Saturday night. And they all been there with the banter and whatever, and going on. they were really uh, good evenings of, uh, after after football matches.
0: And in terms of some of those uh, bigger matches in that period, because uh, like you you've stated in your timeline, you know there was um, league like your league champions, um, grand final winner, and, and a couple of couple of grand final runner ups. So um, yeah. you know you were at the, the the pointy end of the table. Yeah. For a few years there,
1: yeah, the big uh, yeah we were, and the and the big um, challenges came from uh, like Berkeley uh, Sports and Social, um, Fig Tree, um, Furry Meadow. Yep, um, coming in, into into the into the to the four um, in the late seventies, and um, they were later on to play in the in the uh, state league, going to the state league, so it was a good a, a good time, and uh, you know every game. Um, back in those days was fairly close and um, hard fought. And the um, credit to uh, uh, all the clubs that were around in those days because it was a, a good a good period.
0: And is there any sort of uh, games that sort of you can vividly remember in that sort of 76 to 79 period with Tarawana that sort of spring to mind straight away?
1: Oh, 76, we were... Um, I was fortunate enough to go back-to-back league champions but yep. previous year with Unandara. Yep. And Les Sheedy and I come across and we were league champions that following year. Um, got beaten in the grand final out at um, the old Balls Paddock. Yeah. Um, by West Fig Tree, got beat 3-2 um, when we probably went into the match, but it slight favours, but got, got beat. Um, 77, um, we, we were one game short, got beaten in the finals. So we didn't make the grand final in 77. 78, we were back in, um, we were runners up and grand final winners. That's probably yeah. the highlight for me that day. So, what do you um, remember
0: of that grand final?
1: Well, one of the, um, just to give you a bit of a background to it, there's a player running around with furry medal at the time called um, John Bingham, and he John Bingham. he was one of the best players and uh, going around and playing for for uh, Berkeley at that stage. I remember this uh, this early in the season, he, he went above the ball on on, on myself and caught yeah. me just below the kneecap with a straight leg, and I thought from that day, I said, "You dirty bastard." Um, and how no, he never broke my leg, I'll never know and that stuck in my mind yep. so anyway we come, we matched up in the grand final one day and, I, and, I, and I'd been asked to play in the midfield yep. and, and with the sole purpose that uh, Dennis Patterson, the coach of the day yep. had, had identified John as the danger man and um, it was my job to mark um,
0: just man-marking.
1: John Bingham, man mark and, and, and nullify his uh, impression on the game sort of thing Um and I, I should tell you that just prior to that game, it, there was a big um, man of the match award on offer that particular day, and it was put up by um, a, 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 a good uh, local f- f- um, lad by like Norm Flanagan, who was a, yep. a, a big uh, player in the in, in the football in the Illawarra back in those days. He put up a two hundred dollar man of the match award from his A and G carpet yep. players, and we we discussed it at the trial week before, and uh, we said, well. No, I put it forward. I said, well, if one of us wins this award, what we'll do is we just put on the bar and we'll drink yep. it out and the thing. And I got shot down in flames. No one said, no, nah, no, nah, it <laughs> was, that was a it. large sum of it, money back in, in those days, late 70s. It was, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> cutting to the chase, that they said, that I got shot down. No, it, whoever wins it keeps it, sort of thing. So, so the grand final came along and got done. We won 1 nil that day um, against, against Berkeley. Against Berkeley, yeah. Yep. Um, Dennis Patterson scored the, the, the only goal of the game. And um, I'm happy to say it, John, John Bigamale got a kick that day, and uh, as, as a result, I won the Man of the Match award. So, so you uh, had a few up.
0: more of your teammates coming yeah. back to start the conversation yeah. again? <laughs> they did, mate. And, uh,
1: <laughs> as it turned out, I, 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 uh, I put $100 in the bar and uh, put $100 in my pocket. So, uh, that was good. So, that was, uh, that was those days. A year later, Ferry Matter was the nemesis that, that, that year. We were leading um, uh, 2 1. Yeah. going into to um, stop his time at the end of, uh, of normal time. Yeah. And the uh, ball came across from the left-hand um, left side and uh, left fullback back Wayne Bradford. He won't mind me saying this, make him laugh. He uh, got up to head the ball, mate, and had it straight in the back of the net, mate, sending the game into extra time 2-2. Two, two. Uh, his brother Gary was the manager at, the, uh, at that time. He, he was in the dressing shed. He cracked all the champagne off the bottles, they they got the corks had gone off when Wayne had scored this uh, great goal with his mate, and uh, we got beaten extra time three two. So yeah, so um, yeah, so that was the uh, seventy nine. That was the, and that was the end of that uh, that period because I moved on from after that, um, and I had my first relationship with um, Balgani in nineteen eighty.
0: And in terms of um, if we can briefly go back to to Dennis Dennis Patterson, um, uh, what about him as a as a, a Because he was a playing coach, he was a A, playing coach. But how was he as a as a coach?
1: He was very good. Dennis uh, was an under twenty three Australian national, international, uh, playing with um, South Coast United. So he was um, very a a very uh, handy player, very very good. And um, he again, he was it was his first foray into coaching um, when he came across to when he succeeded Gary Tuckerman as a coach. And um, I guess. it he helps too when you've got a good bunch of players to work for as well. It makes the coach's life a lot easier, and he was uh, very fort- fortunate to be able to um, uh, handle these this culture role a lot lot easier um, with with a good squad of players we had. But um, he, he he was very good, Dennis. Yeah,
0: and and because the the guys that you spoke about, um, even the blokes that maybe didn't play federation, were were very good players, and so uh, Gussie Masters, when I spoke to him, said that he he had a very um, sort of basic approach, and he had a sort of a, a systematic approach of doing skills and building up over the years. So how did the, the playing group take that initially? Um,
1: yeah, I, I think it, it, it went all right. I mean, they, they all take it on board. At the, end yeah. of the day, all they want to do is, is is play a game at the end of the, end, end of the session. You know, I, there wasn't too many of them that liked to do a lot of running and things like that, but the ball work was always uh, much appreciated. And, um, yeah, Dennis was... Uh, He tried to um, pay attention to detail, sort of thing, if he could. And um, yeah, I I guess I can go on with what uh, Gary's uh, expressed in regards to Dennis's style.
0: Yeah. And in terms of at the end of that '79 season, um, you know, like you said, we listed through um, successful times, the the social part of the club. So, um, was it a, a, a wanting to to coach? that really made your decision or, or had something yeah. a, occurred there in 79 to think yeah. I'm going to Bowgownie
1: yeah no, it, was try, it was trying to progress because in that, in that last year I'd, I'd been helping out the, with the reserve grade side yep. so I'd, I'd put my hand in there to try and help with the coaching side of that as well um, so again it was me now looking for something another challenge if you like yep. um, probably played to the best I could that I'm starting to get a bit older then yep. well, didn't have a lot of pace as it was but I was starting to get a little bit slower so I I uh, went to Belgium with in intention of getting my first uh, experience with from a coaching point of view, and um, um seen how I, seen how I went with it, and um, I was a player coach at Bulgaria in, in yep. nineteen eighty, and um, enjoyed enjoyed my year there.
0: Because you, you you know you had some some different bikes of, of different abilities, and you know Nigel Dallas, Scott Rapley, um, you know. Uh, Gino Vardareff, uh Ricky McGoldrick, um, Gary Fernie, Ross Eminen. Um, So, um, did a, a couple of boys come across from Tarawana with you? They, or... they did, yeah, yeah. Yep.
1: But I, all those players you mentioned, they they all had the same fabric as that I have, and it's something yep. that was instilled in me from the casey Bruins that Bruin days was it was all to do with work ethic. Yep. Um, and these players that you mentioned there before all all had that um, what I was looking for in them that I wanted because I felt that if I could get players that would be were committed yep. and would put in the work the work effort on the, on the on the match day that would go a long way to getting a positive result at the end of the day so you throw in a little bit with tactics and a bit of skill yep. wise and hopefully that would be would would, would help us get uh, the right results so so um, how did
0: you go that season
1: um, wasn't too too bad. We um, I think we got beaten the semi-finals that day, yep. uh, that that year. Um, I think we finished third or fourth. I can't quite remember from there. Um, but we had um, we had a, a reasonable year.
0: And in terms of uh, I guess that was a, a big change. I guess for Bow as an area, um, you know, Federation um, days up until sort of seventy four, maybe even seventy five, before they changed to Wollongong City there and uh, went out to Wollunna, but um, and then the Belgany Rangers i guess came back into the local comp, so did you notice a sort of change you know uh at the ground and sort of crowd wise as well oh
1: absolutely yeah it's it was started where the the crowds weren't it, yeah what they, they weren't there anymore with 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 Balgani. and that's understandable because they were playing in a, in a, a lot uh, you know they weren't in the Premier League they're in the first division so yep. that even more so that, that you don't get the spectator volume that you would in the in in the um in the in the Premier League or in those um, Helicon days of the uh, Federation sort of thing
0: and in terms of um, you had the one year there and then uh, went back to Tarawana um... that may
1: come about Travis because Dennis Patterson had retired yep. so, so he finished up at Tara, so they were looking for a new coach um, so they come asking me would I be interested in, in doing that so I just thought it again as another um, step up sort of thing they another, were still in challenge. Premier League weren't they they were yeah so it was, just, it was another challenge for me to uh, to go there and, um, and um, see how we went.
0: So how did you find um, that aspect? I guess there was a, some blokes and there was some Balgaini blokes and a couple of Darawana blokes in 80 when you're yeah. in a lesser division, but now you're in the, I Pro- guess, The problem I had,
1: mate, that I faced there, I thought, was a lot to do with uh, was them back coaching yeah. my mates. former teammates. Yeah, yeah. former teammates. So was Sports that was never going to be easy, yeah. Um, I got off on the wrong foot because... Um, um, I had this uh, ethic that um, no train, no play. Yep. I tried to involve them in, into the squad, and that straight away put me off at, at, um, off, get off um, an opposite size with Graham Edwards, Charlie Brown, yep. who um, was uh, under Dennis Parson was able to pick when he wanted to train, and then because um, he was the best goalkeeper in the district by yep. by a long shot. And I made it quite clear that I didn't, I wouldn't have that with me, and that, um, and, I, and I was at odds. with and, and Charlie was a good mate of mine. It was a groomer yeah. at my wedding, but no favourites. So um, it's sort of me trying to put, put put my stamp on things. So he he, he went the opposite way. He, he didn't like that. So he went and played with Bellagiani. Um and I uh, had to find a, another another goalkeeper. And that's where I actually gave Dave Curley yeah I was um, going to say that uh, the renowned Dave Curley come into into the play he was only um seventeen, I think and he was the only guy he had at the time and he come in and he, in, in my first year with uh, Tarawana there we we made the, the preseason cup final yep. um, with Coniston against Coniston
0: who were a very good time they and were a team
1: Gussie Master by that stage had gone to Coniston yeah and um um he was playing out there, and they us 4-0 on the ground and I had to throw Dave Curley in the deep end um um, because I didn't have a goalkeeper, um, so Charlie went the other way, and yeah, so um, I, I've got to say I did find it a little bit difficult there, having um, coaching uh, teammates and things like that.
0: But obviously, uh, the club itself or the committee were, were I guess, welcomed you back by yes. appointing you, so that's
1: all right. And we didn't have a bad season. Um, we didn't make the semi-finals; we we're just that side, um, but we had a, had a reasonable season.
0: Yeah. And 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 was it more um, from a vocational sense? Um, that you moved out of the area. That you then then had three years at uh, Shoalhaven yeah, City.
1: That's right. But I got my first promotion in the Commonwealth Bank, yep. uh, and that was in charge of a sub branch down at Nara. So something I had to give, and yeah. um, we, we moved down to um, down to the Illawarra. Uh, down to Shoalhaven yep. um, with my wife and uh, young young one in tow, young daughter in tow, Shri, and um, my wife didn't want to go. Did not point blank, she did not want to go down, but she came along for the ride, so uh, we, we were there and we had three good years there at uh in Shoal Um, but it was time for me then to get to come back to Wollongong to advance my um career. career. Yep, and my wife didn't want to come back, <laughs> so she absolutely loved it down in uh, down in the Shoal and um, yeah, um. But it's she wasn't real happy when I said, we're going back home. <laughs> she, she, she said, go, go yourself.
0: I guess the only, sort of from a, from a soccer perspective, um, the only silver lining was that they were in the Premier League at that time um, and, and you got to play a coach again um, at Shellhaven?
1: At Shellhaven? Yeah. That's correct, yeah. But I did, the, the difference was this time, I didn't know anyone down there. They didn't know me, I didn't know them. So, so was that was a good thing good, in a way? I think that, so, Yeah, yeah. It was a fresh know, start for me from that point of view. And, um, yeah, I thought that, that, that worked out okay. But, um, again, the, 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 it wasn't a strong side that we had down there. Um, so it really tested like, you? Yeah. It did, yeah. So um, it really did, yeah. And, uh,
0: and you were playing with uh, the likes of, say, um, some of the names that I've sort of gleaned um, from the records that I have, uh, Ian Bryce, David Eisen, uh, um, Roberts, Barlow, Glenn Davies, yeah. David Wilson... Yeah. Um, John Hemmings yeah. Paul Bone so um, yeah. it was if, hard... if it,
1: it was mate but if I have one regret um, um, with that, that coaching thing with those guys is that um, I got too close to them yep. and I should have kept it arm's length so I was because um, um, I, I was one that liked the social side of things yep. as well with the game uh, and um, as I say if I had my time again over there I probably would have should have let go of that yep and then um, I would have kept on side but having said that number of people that you've mentioned there like, like Ian Bryce and a couple of those others um, Gra- um, Barlow and um, whatever we, we we became very good friends and we're still good friends today so we still uh, keep in touch and whatever and, and, and from, so from that point of view it was good
0: and um, like you said you um, came back from a, from a I guess a work promotion back into in into Wollongong itself, and um, I guess during this period, um, you had started doing some refereeing, correct? Um, yeah. And then um, was it was it your father's example? It was, mate. Yeah, Do you want to follow Do you me want in his the... footsteps
1: a little bit because yeah. I, I was down in the Shalavan. Shalavan played all those their home games on a, set, on a Sunday, yep. and on the Saturday they've got a local association down there. Yep. Um, so what I what I did on the Saturdays when we were playing at home. I tried I, I tried my hand at refereeing and um I took it quite well and I and I and I um yeah you know, I enjoyed that um that, that side of it as well so so watching dad referee all those years and and I picked sort of um it helped me heaps so I was sort of uh, I, and I and I picked it up rather rather quickly so um the refereeing side of things um came on um, quite strongly, and then I decided to give that a crack for a, um, a little while.
0: Because it was a it was a, a fair fair chunk there from sort of eighty four to ninety seven. Yeah, um, with a yeah. couple of years off there when yeah. you, when you coached yeah. uh, Bowguni again. Yeah. So how did? Um...
1: Well, actually, coached in that time. I just so I didn't let go of the coaching as well. I, I was able to while I was wasn't involved with the coach. I coached still the the representative yeah, was team for, get to that as well. for, for, for for three seasons. I think we had.
0: So you're sort of, I guess, doing a, a couple of things concurrently. So um, uh, with the referee, though, know, um uh, that appetite to sort of improve and, and sort of referee in a sort of better division apart from Shellhaven, uh, how did that come about?
1: Um, from On the refereeing front? So you moved yeah, back to the area yeah, and just yeah, joined the
0: local yeah, referees Yeah, I, I did, in? yeah,
1: yeah. Um, in the early days, obviously only kept refereeing um, in the lower grades, yep. you had to do your time, sort of yep. thing, and um, whether it be youth grade or reserve grade, and mainly in that um, the second tier, the second division stuff. Yep. Um, so which allowed me then to, um, from the coaching point of view, which still still keep keep my hand in there, um, coach the refer the um, the uh, representative team, which is mainly obviously made made up of Premier League players. Yep so i could um I could um you know pick pick that and, and juggle. I was able to juggle the, the the two sort of thing
0: so what about um the refereeing fraternity in in that sort of eighties period you know who were you know you've spoken about your dad in terms of how you learn a lot from him by yeah. watching and yeah and, and seeing what he did at a high level back in the u k but and even in the federation days yeah. but who were some of the guys that you sort of um watched or well, he'd
1: retired by then and um um and the people that were around back in those days were tommy and barry scott yep. um vince masters was a referee yep. back then um one or two others the names escaped me but rex Layton um was doing very well yep. and i think it was in the late 70s that rex actually and i could be wrong with my ear there actually refereed a national league game down at um the wolves down here at um they played at memorial was it memorial? I think I thought this particular night was. It was um, done at Ray Robinson. Okay, could have been Ray Robinson, Travis, and uh, yeah. Um, so he was one of the, the good referees running around, and, and, and a very astute referee too, uh, Rex Laten and I might add, mate. Very, very good. Um, yeah. So and from from those days of reffing, I slowly made my way up to the Premier League first grade yep. sort of thing. Um, coaching days had, had gone by then. Um, so I thought. Um, and I tried. I was refereeing in Sydney, yep. so I I'd, I'd got there and again another level. Try and test me, test again, test myself out there um, to see what what where that would take me.
0: And so was that initially you. the state league? Um, yeah,
1: refereeing in state leagues, um, t- t- state start down the bottom, state league three, state league two, yep. uh, first division, um, and, and 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 see where that where that took me um, in the, in those regards. Yeah. So
0: was it more? Um, I guess. Uh, once you get a bit older and and I guess the playing capacity wasn't there that it was still a sort of individual challenge that you could along with the linesman and whatnot that you yeah. could yeah. be part of the game yeah. but um, you know try and do the best that you can for for a good game
1: and that, and that part that, that was part of it was was still allowing me to give something back to the game yep. been a player and a coach, so how else could I stay involved yep. so the referee become a sort of a natural um, Step forward from in, from that point of view, so it's just all about do, me doing a service to the game because that's all, all all we are. Yep. As we, we go through life, we're just um, just like you are. You just play 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 your role the best you can, and um, for the for the love of the game of football. And that.
0: So did you find that um, there was obviously um, once you went to state league that you you did have some of that ability because um, being on different refereeing panels is is like being selected in a team. It's yep. judged. Yep. Based on performances yep. and, and how you're assessed. So, yep. um, did you um, think, well, I'm in state league now. I'm, I'm getting good feedback, getting appointments. So, um, did you push yourself even further?
1: Yeah, I, I did, mate. Because I, I, I um, whatever I take on, I try, I, I try and do as the best that I possibly can. Yep. So, with the refereeing, I, I want to see what, what, where, it, where it would take me. And I was fortunate enough to get selected on the. Um, 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 the National Youth League yep. referees panel
0: back in um, the NSL yeah
1: yeah. so I was I was refer, uh, refereeing youth league games there and from there um I was also um recognised as a on the National League assistant referees panel yep so I was running lines there um as well so um you know I'd found I'd I'd, I'd done okay didn't quite get to that National League level which would have been nice but the guys that are doing that they were a lot, lot more experienced than me mate and um I'd have to do a few more years before I could get to get to to do a middle there.
0: And and what about the comparison of um, um, you know you did quite well as a player in in sort of winning winning trophies and whatnot, but sort of progressing in the refereeing ranks? Is it still did you still get that personal satisfaction out of going that extra step every yeah every yeah increment? yeah for sure yeah
1: um, without a doubt. Um, it was just about being the best, as I said, best you possibly could be, whatever you, whatever you do. And um, the fact that I, what helped me a great deal was, that, you know, I, I played at a reasonable level, yep. um, so I, I found the um, adapting to referee became quite, quite easy. Actually, I didn't. Um, yeah, it's only when it's only when it started. At the end of the day, was the, I mean, no matter how you try and do your best, you, what you can. You don't keep everyone happy, and you can't. You can't possibly do that as a referee. So um, the abuse starts to come in as all referees get, get yep. stuff, and um, after a while, you know It's like water for dust back, but it's got to a degree where it started to stick a little bit, and that's when you start to lose the enjoyment out of it, and whatever. That's probably at the end of the day what brought the end to my um, refereeing days.
0: And when you look back at that, although that's, a, I guess, an issue that still plagues the game today for referees, but um, uh, what were some of the, the big matches that sort of still stick in your memory where you either had a, a good game, in your opinion, or, or there was a huge crowd or a, yeah. a big event? Well,
1: I thought I I enough to referee a National Youth League grand final, yep. although back in those days, it, when it's say National Youth League, it wasn't teams from the other side of the country sort of thing, yep. it was just, uh, I was only doing the ones when they come to New South Wales, yep. I didn't go anywhere else, so. and that was out at St George Stadium, and as a, um, a linesman, an, an assistant referee, I was um, actually full torpy and myself, which as the ARs in this particular okay. grand final, out at um, the old um, Parramatta Stadium yep. one day. And I'm um, just trying to think of the two teams that was uh, happened to be in the grand final year. It was Marconi, I think, and um, I think in the upper might have played that day. Okay. Marconi and, um, could be wrong, but it might have been Sydney Olympic back in those days, so from that point of view it was, um, yeah, that, so that was a bit of a, a buzz from a refereeing point of view.
0: And yeah. if we go back to, um, just quickly in terms of that 85-87 um, to 87 where you coached the Illawarra representative team, um, uh, what was the difference there? Because uh, I guess you'd had some coaching stints with, with Gowney and then Tarawana, Shellhaven sort of play coach as well, but this was more coaching yes and and I guess the cream of the crop as well yeah so how did you find out well
1: you didn't get um, you didn't get too long with the players mate in preparation yep. for the game you probably only had got uh, six sessions of them on the six Wednesday nights leading up into the game um, Illawarra hadn't had much luck in because pre- pre- previous years because we only generally I think they played in the past when I played for the Illawarra we played uh, Newcastle where yep. it might have been Canberra sort of thing but yep. um, but these days, when um, it was just the ACT Canberra that uh, that I was involved with those games, sort of thing, and uh, hadn't won a representative game, the award hadn't run, run for quite a while. So I, I use that as my um, um, incentive, if you yep. like, for the players, motivation to try and get these to put the players to perform the best they could. And I, it's just a matter of me just in, in slinging them the comments, go out there and, and do their best, and you know motivate them because you don't get a lot of time to prepare the side in terms of. Tactics and things like that. I don't get the chance to see the opposition, see what yeah. their what they what their shape is or anything like that, because they don't play any games. So they were just one-off games, so to speak. So um, yeah, it's just mainly make, making sure when the boys went out that they're they're ready to play and whatever. And we were lucky that in those days that um, when I did coach that we were able to pull off three wins in three years in a row. So that was good.
0: And in terms of um, sort of it's sort of in '92. Um, even though you refereed in 95, 96, and 97, but you, you, um, back in that sort of 92, 93 era, you, you came back to coaching. Yeah, so, yeah so- I, was a bit of, I was
1: a bit of a crossroads with uh, where I was at, yep. in myself mentally and physically where I wanted to be, and um, I started to become a little bit disillusioned with the refereeing side of things, so I put my hat in the ring this particular year with Balgani uh, yep. to do the um, youth-grade side um, the year before with Eric Thompson as Colts Balgeny had won the grand final yep. against um, um, West Fig Tree yep. and um, so I, I went along to Eric me come and give me a hand at Yerati looking for youth creation. I said yeah I'll, I'll come and do that um, and as it turned out before the start of that, that next season there um, Balgeny and I never did find out why yeah, imploded. That, imploded yeah, yeah. and um, they let uh, Eric go for whatever reason, I still don't know to this day why, um, but let, let him go. And um, it would have been easy for me to, to walk away yep. um, with him. Um, but the club then, because they were, it was so close to the start of the season, they um, and I think it might have been, I'm not sure whether John Walker was the president of the day at that time, they asked me, because of my previous background, would I step into the breach sort of thing yep. and take the side for that, um, for that year.
0: And, so how did you, I guess, find that with sort of mentally? It's a, it's a late transition to, to sort of make and, yeah. and a hard decision at that. Yeah,
1: it, it was. But again, it was that all the players were still there yep. um, that had been successful the year before. The only difference being was that Matt Horsley had played just about every game the year before had now established himself at the Wolves and he was playing there. So he was unavailable Um when because I think the season's overlap, yeah they did so it yeah. was still he played a full season with the Wolves for I think uh, we got him back for about 8 games 6 or 8 games at the end of that season he came back and strengthened that side even more and the side the side did well I mean I didn't have to do a lot with it actually because it was yep. it just looked after itself more or less it's just a matter of me just keeping on the straight and narrow sort of thing yep. and um, um, we came up one game short of the grand final we got beaten a replay at um, at McClellan Park by um um Coniston, I think it was and without a word of a lie mate that that, that particular day before the game um, and I think it was towards the end of extra time that Richard Peel um, had got on the end of this corner kick that come in um, and he headed it towards goal on the goal at the balls on the way in the back of the net and Mario masterani was the referee back at the, God bless his soul yeah. uh, the late Mario master was the referee and he blew his whistle with the ball on the way in the back of the net which would have been the winning goal and would have put us in the grand final Wow! and I'm not sure it wasn't the year before out at Balls Paddock the same referee did the same thing with um, it was, uh,
0: cringula, cringula I think Olympic. it might have
1: been yeah it might have been yep. and the ball was in the back of the net for a goal for, uh, it might have been for uh, Olympic I think or Cringula and he blew full time again and it's on the... so it was two two consecutive years he's done the same thing but anyway that's <laughs> by the by so yeah so that year um um we finished one game short of the grand final, and the year after that, the side the side sort of um, started to splinter a little bit. Yep. Graham Lever- Grant Lovett, Graham Lovett, medals he went out to play with With uh, where
0: Eric Eric had gone coaching. Yeah,
1: yep. yeah. Um, Danny Polistra, I think, went out to belong the Olympic. Yep. Um, so the nucleus of the side, which was a very good side, um, wasn't there. So yeah, so um, I think I was only there for. Um, that season and the next and I, we, we parted company and, and that was the end of my that was the end of my coaching days
0: and in terms mm. of I guess no no it wasn't your, your I, I and I went back to yeah. Tarawana yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah there, there's a period there so you had some time off I guess yeah um, sort of after 94 went back to refereeing yeah to try and get over that
1: disappointment with oh, Balgani oh. and um, didn't reach the same heights that I did with the refereeing Back then, yep. Um, in, the, in the last last three years, so um, that's when I called time on my refereeing days at the end of uh, ninety seven.
0: Nine. Yeah. And 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 then how did um, uh, Tarawana then approach you in terms of where were they at as a club and 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 how did they come? Yeah, through? they
1: come calling, mate. Um, um, and I was uh, open to it, sort of thing. Again, it's still me giving back to the game. Yep. Um, they had spent a lot of years in. Um, I think when I took over, they were in um, in First Division yep. below the Premier League, and they'd been in that. I think through, from the mid eighties, where they dropped out of the Premier League into that First Division, they'd had a spell in even the Second Division because yep. it was three in tiers the back early then. 90s, yep. Yeah, and so they'd had a long period of um, out of the Premier League. So um, I got approached, and um, part of my um, um, Interview with the with with the um, um, president of the time. I'm just trying to think of his name. It'll come to me. Um, I said to the guy that I'd have the club back in Premier League by the year um, 2000.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. So we won promotion in um, 98, and we're back in Premier League in 1999. So yeah. So that's. um...
0: So what do you recall of um, some of the guys that you coached there and. And, well um, then I,
1: that, I, I I took um, what well, didn't take but I approached some of the players that were coming getting a bit longer than two from Balgain yeah. for example um, Andrew Naylor yeah. um, Glenn Keaton yeah. um, Greg Yeaman yeah. Peter O'Brien um, I asked them to come and um, give me a hand yeah. up um, to Wanna if we could uh, turn them around um, got a few players from other clubs to join the, join the uh fray sort of thing and um, went from there and um, ended up putting a, a decent side together. I didn't have to do a lot of coaching mate, they yep. were just, uh, they, 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 they had the, I, I was smart enough to make sure I had the right players on, on board that would buy in to what we are trying to achieve mate and um, yeah, prove successful from that point of view.
0: And in terms of um, I guess the, the family connection there at Tarawana um, with your brother and, and was, was Steve also on the committee at that point at Tarawana?
1: Um. Good question. Was he? Um, don't think he was. Um, okay. Stephen had been um, at Balgany for a period of time yeah. as uh, as manager out there, yep. and I think I asked him to come and be my manager at, okay. at Tarawana, and that's how he got back. That's how he got how he got involved with the Blueies.
0: So yeah. um, I guess you had your brothers there. Um, did that sort of add to the experience, which was fruitful? And um, enjoyable in terms of the league progression, yeah, and getting back into the yeah. Premier League, did that sort of add yeah. to? My wife was there it? also. Yep, and, she and was what a, was her she, capacity? She, she was a canteen manageress, yep.
1: and by that time she was a, uh, a life. Um, life she become because she'd been a, whilst I drifted away doing other things. Yep. she stayed loyal to Tarawana. Yep, and she was a life member at Tarawana, and um, yeah, she, uh, she she was um, looking after the canteen. Um, son Matthew was playing. Youth grade. Yeah, he progressed out of the junior action and playing youth grade there. So, um, and that's another story in itself. Um,
0: yeah. So, so good times there in terms of ninety eight to two thousand and two, when yeah, and as you yeah, sort of um, the objective to get them back into Premier League was was done. Um, We'd
1: actually, I've got to say, we did actually have a couple of years whereby uh, we, we weren't strong enough. The one year we dropped back down. Yep. Then the very next year they were back up again, sort of thing. So, in two thousand two, um, they retained their status. So we had two years in the Premier League yep. back then. And it was time for me to call it a day yep. and find something else to do.
0: Was that more of just you'd, you'd called your time, or yeah, well, was it, just, yourself?
1: it was. It just it was just um, coincidental with um, the fact that I. would Become disillusioned with what was happening at administration level within in the Soccer game Lawara, Yep. in the local area. So the time was just right for them, Okay, well, it's time for another coach here now, five years. Yep. Time for someone else to take the range and see if they can take the tarot on a little bit further. So it was at that point in time then that I said, I threw my hat in the ring yep. to join the um,
0: The ISA at the yeah. time, or Soccer Laura was one of yeah. the two. And so was that a, a hard decision that. Like you said before about service to the game in in the different capacities that you had, that obviously um, different things were happening in the game that you weren't happy with. Yeah. Felt that you could help fix or
1: yeah, I was very opinionated. Yep, and I'd seen um, my dad play an inst- as we spoke about earlier, an yep. instrumental role in the uh, governance within uh, the, the football within the Illawarra. So um, yeah, I had certain. Ideas I wanted to put in place yep. um, in terms of if I, if I was accepted on, on the board, and um, that was my plan going forward. For example, I was disillusioned where we we're at in terms of I felt that the, the sport in, in this area was um, it, it was it was fragmented. Yep. If you like, we're all pulling in different directions: juniors, amateurs, men's. And the walls, yep. whereas we should have all been working, have a common goal, yep. working the one direction to take the game forward, and make sure that the walls were part of that process. That we make sure we the end product that the end product was there. So that was um, my big thing that I that I had when I got involved
0: so um apart from that drive to to help the game was it a hard one to to leave Tarawana in that sense oh yeah, yeah. yes of... and no
1: because it was a, it was the right time for me yeah. um and one of the main thing was i'd a couple of years ago i'd given son matthew his first grade debut yeah. um at age 17 and i should mention he scored on he come on as a replacement at Elizabeth park and scored on debut out there so it was better for him. He was established by that stage in yep. the Claremont first grade side. So I think from that more than anything else, I think said I need to step aside, yep. let him play with someone else now, and Rather to prepare to, 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 prep, to yeah, looking over his shoulder, and, um, and help him develop as a player. Yep. Um, yeah. So um, which has been a great success story because he's still playing the game today. Twenty years later, at Premier League level, so, yeah, so he's done a, a great job.
0: And in terms of um, you know being president there, and then sort of that flowed into to being administrator as well. Yeah. Um, how did you find that, and and well, that, what, that, what, what was that experience like?
1: Well, it didn't go down well in, in the first year. When I got there. because my, my main job was just to go and help the committee, the board, and whatever, and and. S- I just can't remember how it actually happened, but Alan Watton was the, was, the, was the president of the day yep. back then. Um, and as it turned out, I, I got accepted as a member but then all of a sudden there was a, a bit of a coup and um, Alan Watton resigned on that night as the president. Yep. And I got, my hat got thrown in the ring. To, what, would I take the job on? No one else wanted to do it, so okay, I'll take, I'll take it on. So, so I so I became I became, I became president.
0: So uh, was it a steep learning curve? And
1: well, it was because I wasn't in that I wasn't in that job long, you know, because what happened was it, it um, um, a manager's job became available within that uh, within that structure. Yeah. Um, so a, a, a paid position yeah. was there on a part time basis. Just, I think it was thirty five hours weeks on the light. So. Um, and it had all the makings of that person being sort of a, a leader, if you like, yep. with um, supporting the board to yep. take um, to take the game forward. And I applied for that for that for that job, which was conducted through an external employment agency. Yep. Put my name up for that, and, uh, and as, as as you know, I was um, 13, 14 years in the job.
0: So, how did you um, uh, find that sort of administration role compared to say refereeing, um, coaching? Um you know, you hadn't done that sort of administration, um, I guess, for a while there. Although you, you were, you know, treasurer at Balgani Juniors and treasurer at Tarawana in the late seventies as well. Um, yeah, I think Travis, my just my
1: understanding of the game and and being involved in the lot of football for such a long time helped me make the transition fairly easily and comfortably. You know, people around the area knew me; I knew yeah. them, sort of thing. So it wasn't too difficult, mate, to to get that. Um, to, to, to get it on on, 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 on uh, up and going, mate. Yeah.
0: And um, what, what was the sort of highlights well, what, in those periods?
1: One of the t- first things I did, mate, was change from... Because from, it, it had changed from Soccer Illawise to Illinois Soccer Association yep. during Dad's Day. And the first thing i put forward was to... Ch- ch- um, following uh, Johnny Warren's lead, yep. um, was to get rid of the word soccer and okay. change it to football. So it then became Elora Football Association.
0: Okay.
1: Um, that was the, one of the first things I, I, I did when I was involved, mate, so from there. And then I quite went a, a few a, other
0: clubs then followed suit. Yeah, they did. Well. Yeah.
1: They went through uh, a centenary. Centenary was a, yeah. for the next year, which was a, a big event for mm-hmm. me to to get organized. Um, so yeah, which, which was a great thing for the, for the um, code. Um, Nevill O'Smith did a wonderful thing and created that um, yeah, wonderful compilation. book, a, a compilation yeah. of a yeah. hundred years of uh, football in the Illawarra, and um,
0: yeah, and um, it, it went okay for a while. So, for because you were there for a, for a long period, did it? Um, do you think, um, reflecting back now, that um, you got to sort of help change the game oh, even oh, as an oh, administrator?
1: Yeah. So, over the, in that period of time. Um. until um, Eddie, G- Eddie Gabriel came along as the now yep. chairman when it became football south coast the game the, the bodies did come together yep. if you like as such with the one omission yep. which still irks me today that yep. um, we still aren't the football is still not heading in the one direction with uh, everyone at the same table if you like so the walls are still being left to, at one side which is really pisses me off yep. Um. And, and I don't uh, think
0: you'd be alone in, in yeah,
1: and, that. I, and I and I can't for life understand why that's been allowed to go along that way. Yep. It's really it's really annoying, and um, um, too, you know, there's too many too many pathways down here within the alarm. Yep. I mean, you've got what a duplication. You, you've got South Coast flame now with a pathway and things like that. I just um, I just don't get it. What what the current administration. Is 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 at these days.
0: So in terms of, um, I guess, that 2015 you ended as an administrator, was it just for you, um, you know, a, a period of time where you'd spent, I guess, 12 years as an administrator, um, that you'd done your time, you wanted to spend more time, I guess, in a, in a family sense and, and just retire? Was that, yeah, was
1: that that's the major that, reason? Yeah, that, 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 that is it, Travis, yeah. I was, um, I've been retired now five years from the role, um i was that what sixty two at the time yep so it's time for someone else to come in and uh, and um have a, i've done my i'd done my bit i've done i i'd done what i could yep. to um bring the game together so and I could sense then that things weren't still gonna be right, so it was the right time for me to uh, say someone else's turn
0: and and in um and in recent years it was I guess two thousand and seventeen, where you you joined back up in an official capacity with Tarawana as treasurer, uh, where you're still still treasurer, well, um, or you were until I'm not look, too sure about two thousand and twenty. But um, was it just a, a want for you to get back involved? Somewhere? No, not really. That what, what
1: happened there, mate, is that. Um some Matthew had gone gone and played with Bulai yep. for he'd left Tarawana in two thousand four and play with Bulai for um eight years or nine years, whatever it was, eight seasons. And um he so I I had one when when I finished with LR football, I had one year just watching him play out at Bull And then he decided for whatever reason he was gonna leave Bull and um come back to Tarawana Yep. And um brother Stephen was the president of, of Tarawana at that yeah. time and he said David why don't you come and give us a hand at Tarawana otherwise I'd have still been the spectator he said come on you want to give us a hand as a, yeah. um, you know and so I did mate I, I come on and um, I've been there what three years now as, yeah. uh, as, as treasurer of the club
0: And so uh, yeah. when we sort of uh, I guess sort of wrap up the interview but um, how do you how do you look back at Sort of your time in the game because there's been different strands to it, and I guess if we look at Tarawani in particular you know you've been there in different periods with different hats on yep. um, and and gone and then come back so so how do, how do you reconcile that
1: i don't I, I don't look at it of, 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 of what what I've done for the game yep. I look at it, what the game has done for me yep and what what the game has done for me has just given me. Uh, where am I now mid-60s just um, 50, 50 odd years from when I come and I I'd go back to when I come to Australia yep. um, so much enjoyment uh, and morale I've given a bit back of course during that time yep. but it's made it's given me this love of the game that's um, you know it's uh, just it's just in the blood mate and I I've really enjoyed my time so um yeah that's probably the main reason why I've done as much as I have, and as many different facets or different 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 yep. roles is that to try and do what I can for my bit for that for that for a great game of football
0: and do you see some of the um, uh, consistency um, of the game in that period is uh, um, sort of the camaraderie the the fellowship the friendships that are developed because you know like you said um, uh, and I've been in the game a, a little while as well that uh, one of the best aspects is to to go to different grounds and and to see people and sort of talk to them about different stuff and there's there's continual relationships there and a sort of a very I guess close community.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that, that sums it up fairly well, Travis. I mean, it is. I I, I do I do like that. And I and, but when I go into you look at my role and what you've done for the game and things like that, every club has that. Yep. If you look through the, the whole club there's someone at those clubs. Has been there for have got Ross Edmonton at Tarawana, for example, the Forks family at uh, Ballgina. You'd now been there for a long, long time, giving their back. And if you if you went to every club in in, in the association, they, they'd have someone there that's been that's just done a great length of service for them. and It's just it's just the way you find these special people, yep. um, because every club's looking for volunteers yeah, all the time. But you'll still get those clubs where look, they've got someone there that's been there. It seems like from day dot sort of things that are giving back and continue to give back because that's that's the way it is it's in it's in our blood mate and it's um i wouldn't have had it if i had my time again i don't think i would have changed it i'd have, I'd have done the same the same thing um, and not been in as i've said involving so long it's it's given me so much it's um yeah it's just been it's been a fantastic journey
0: and, and what about um you know like you said you've worn those sort of three distinct hats in terms of administrator, player and coach. Um, what gave you the most joy? Uh, good question, mate. Good question.
1: Um, I'd say as a player, yep. I had some wonderful times as a player. I was fortunate enough to play in um, in, in grand finals and um, I've played in um, teams that didn't go so well. But I, in the main, I've been lucky to play in whatever I've been, I've been I've played in some decent sides, played with some decent players, and I've met some more decent blokes as well on the way. And it's that friendship that, that, uh, you, you, that you've gleaned from those um, days in the football that's um, put me in good stead, mate. And, um, yeah, I, 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 as I said before, I wouldn't change anything, mate, that's, uh, gone. but playing's probably the one that's given me the most enjoyment, I think. Yeah.
0: And in terms of the future, do you see yourself, uh, as long as you've got the capacity to give, to still be involved in the game in in some shape or form?
1: Um, Probably as a spectator. Yep. Um, Even today as we speak, I I wish I could find a volunteer to come and take my role as treasurer at the club, mate. (laughs) I'm not holding my breath waiting to find that happen. But no, I'll still be involved with that tournament for a little while longer, but yeah i mean Ross is, Ross Emton's in his early seventies now he's still there i'm not far behind him like so um yeah we'll see what happens mate um but i'm enjoying what I do with the club at the moment in my role as uh, secretary slash treasurer yeah so um until they can find someone to, to take my place where I can gladly hand the books over <laughs> i'm happy to I'm happy, I'm happy to help out
0: and in terms of um just uh i guess do you ever sort of about what you get from the game um, when you said earlier in the interview that the the whole family's involvement in the region um, you know, to come back come over to a new country in 66 and then to sort of get something out of the game but to give back, it, you must look back as, you know, with your wife and yeah. and your kids and yeah. then yeah. your parents as well and, and siblings you must look back and, and be pretty proud about um, how it's how it's sort of transpired absolutely
1: it's um yeah it's just it's, as i said before it's it's been a wonderful man, and all as you say brother Steven's now heavily involved i mean he's now the president of the of the uh, men's football in in our area so um I guess it's just the the family have been have been lucky where you know we've all been you know brother Andrew's a ref, refereeing mm-hmm. Premier league games um it's probably unique Um, except for the Forks his family mate have done their their little bit as well Um, but um, yeah it's um, when you think when you put me on the spot and think about it it's um, the family has contributed more than a fair share mate to this uh, to the great game
0: and and from a Uh, I guess a selfish perspective do you think um, if you hadn't have left in 66 that um, the enjoyment out of watching the Reds or Man United uh, played Old Trafford do you think that would have Outweighed um, the enjoyment and and uh, sort of love and life that you've had
1: here. It's a tough question, mate, because I used to enjoy my times at uh, Old Chapel mate. When in, in in the sixties was a, was a, was a good time. I, I, I left, my, I left in the year where they, uh, um, no, I didn't leave in the year they did, but they were in the semi-finals of the the, uh, the, the old European Cup, Champions League is now these days. It was '68 when they when they progressed and won um overcome Europe. Um that's what we only regret missing that. Um yep. I I do miss watching them live there at Old Chapman. Um but would I change anything? No. I've got um mum and dad to thank for that um decision to uh leave the family over there behind and um venture to uh the wide open space of Australia mate so uh, it's been
0: fantastic. Well I think uh that's a, a great note to end this interview on, I'd like to, I guess, thank yourself um, and, and your wife and, and your family in general for the service contributed to the game and, and for your time and, and allowing me into your house. It's It's been a pleasure. And um, David, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, thanks, Travis. And mate, congratulations to you on what you do for the game as well, mate. I mean, uh, uh, not only what you do with balgany but your, your love for the game is quite evident with um, what you're trying to do here with a, a little bit of... Um, uh, with these uh, blogs that you've been doing in recent times so keep up the good work mate and uh, good luck with Balgany in uh, 2020
0: I appreciate the feedback always from you thank you episode 35 of the Football United versus Soccer City podcast is now complete David is a brilliant man and I have been very lucky to be involved with him in many ways over the years. David is always thinking of the game and what he can do for it. Therefore, it was an absolute pleasure to record his journey. I sincerely appreciate and respect the time given by David and his wife. As always, thank you for listening and downloading this podcast. I'm your host, Travis. Goodbye for now.